comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Facebook, no Twitter, no smartphones, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. This is um, a bit of deja vu for us, I think, up in the early a.m. Yes, just a little bit, but it's exciting. Yeah, it's very cool. It's uh, Saturday morning, the day after the Walking Dead panel at San Diego Comic-Con, and uh, we found out some very cool stuff. We got to see some very cool stuff, and uh, everybody's going to get to hear some very cool stuff. We have the full audio from the Walking Dead panel that just happened yesterday evening where you're going to get some really cool stuff from the entire cast and creators, uh, similar to what we've had in the past for New York Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con. So that's really cool. But before we get to that, Brad, how about we talk about our sponsor really quickly because none of this is possible without them. Uh, DCBSService.com, Discount Comic Book Service, Get all your Walking Dead comics from them, 30, 40, even 50% off. Add the code WD8 to that, and if it's your first time ordering, you can get an extra 8% on all your Walking Dead orders. The floppy issues, the trades, the hardcovers, the omnibuses, the videos, the t-shirts, anything Walking Dead, you can get it at dcbservice.com. So, dcbservice.com is the best way to save money on your books. Don't forget to check out their sister Website, InStockTrade.com. Great prices on trade paperbacks and hardbacks. If you order $50 or more, they ship it to you for free. So make your list, keep it for a couple months, get up to that $50 mark, save 40% on your books, get them shipped to you free. Yeah, and the one last thing, if you're sitting there going, ah, I'm not going to buy books, I'm going to read uh, all of my comics digitally. They have a deal with Comixology as well. You place your digital orders through DCBS and you save a little bit of money. So, all great stuff. Now, I guess we'll start with the premiere date of Season 3. There was a little bit of confusion. October 15th sort of slipped out of Comic-Con, which is actually Monday. So, the actual date for the premiere of Season 3 is October 14th. I'm going to set... I have an app on my phone. It's a countdown app. I'm going to set... An app for October, I mean, a countdown for October 14th, so I'll always know at the drop of a hat how much longer I have to wait. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of exciting now that we actually have a date and everybody can start uh, similar countdowns, and maybe we'll try to work something out like that on the site or the Facebook page. I'm sure they have countdown uh, widgets or whatever you call them. Okay, next, I don't want to spoil any of the news that came out of the panel because, uh, Brad hasn't heard the panel yet, <laughs> and you know we want everybody to experience it as you get to hear it uh, live on the podcast. But one thing we can talk about before we start that up is the awesome trailer, and Brad forced me to make sure that I saw it before we recorded, uh, and I'm glad he did. It was an awesome four-minute trailer with lots of cool stuff. So anything off the top of your head, Brad, that uh, sticks out or that you wanted to mention? Well, you know, it's funny that we recorded an episode, what, three days ago, just a day or two before all this wonderful news came out. So, you know, we, we speculated on some things and made comments about some things. One of the things we talked about was that one uh, scene that we had seen uh, Michonne uh, decapitating some walkers in a store or something, and uh, we had kind of 
went back and forth about that, whether it looks good or not. But I'm telling you what, that same scene was in this new four-minute trailer, and it looks fantastic. I think they tweaked some of the special effects. I think we actually got to see, it was quick, but we actually got to see uh, her sword go through two zombie necks at once, which was awesome, which felt like it came right out of the book. Um, you know, I don't, I don't mind talking about that because it's in the trailer. You're going to see it. You know you're going to stop this uh, podcast right now and go look at it. If you haven't, go to amctv.com, and it's, uh, I believe there's a link on the front page. But, uh, you know, we also, I had expressed some reservations about the governor after this trailer. I couldn't be more excited. I don't care what the guy looked like, but he just feels like the guy in the comics. You know, he, he just radiates right off the comic book page. So I'm so very excited. I'll go ahead and say it. We got to see a shot of Merle with a, uh, something on his, <laughs> his hand where his hand was. So that was awesome. You know, uh, Rooker spilled the beans a while back about he, that Merle was coming back, but it's official now. Merle is coming back and it's nice to see him back. Uh, some really great shots of the prison, inside the prison. Oh, gosh, can you tell I'm excited, John? I'll shut up now. Uh, you know, there's so much good in there. Uh, the one thing that stands out to me, which is actually strange, but I, in all the photos and in this trailer as well, I keep noticing that they, they I think they're amping up Maggie. She seems to be in, like, fighting gear or something. I think she's wearing, like, riding clothes, so she's got the big boots on and, uh, you know, she's she's wielding a gun and stuff, so it looks like maybe the female characters are going to get amped up a bit, which is cool. The claustrophobic... Yeah, there's, a shot, there's a shot with Carol uh, and a gun, which was actually really cool. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I think they, they show some real claustrophobic-like scenes of them working their way through a prison in the dark with flashlights and stuff. Uh, which should be really creepy and cool. And, you know, it's an interesting dynamic because in a prison, and they mentioned this in the trailer, you're going to be loaded with supplies in a prison. You can get riot gear, you can get guns, you can get tools, you can get medicine, food. There's obviously tons of food stored there as well. So it really does make sense that they would go to all of these lengths to either defend it from other people or to rid it of all the zombies in order to try to live there. So it should be really awesome. I'm a little disappointed that they spilled the beans on Merle at the end of the trailer, only because, you know, I get they want to promote that he's coming back because that's an extra little ratings kick maybe of some people that were waiting for him to return. But the fact that they show his prosthetic hand tells you that he's really back. It's not a flashback. It's not a hallucination. It's not, you know, anything in that regard. It's Merle after his hand was cut off. So that's really awesome yeah. that it's happening because I can't wait to see the interaction with Daryl and the rest of the group. But at the same time, it sort of spilled the beans on a pretty big plot line for the season. I feel you. I mean, uh, you know, Rooker spoiled it at a con a while back and, uh, AMC released some photos of it, so it's not like we haven't seen it, but those people that don't seek out spoilers and don't cruise the internet when they're bored, you know, they, they may not have seen this yet, and uh, yeah, it's definitely going to spoil it for them, but then again, you know, like in the last episode we had, when we talked about spoilers, some people like knowing what they're getting into, it just builds anticipation for them, I can see it both ways, but regardless, I am thrilled with that trailer, and uh, can't wait for October. Yeah. So, Brad, I think John. with that, we're going to let this roll into the panel. All right. I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Really quickly, it's about 45 minutes. There's going to be some points where people are cheering and, and, and things get a little loud and crazy, and you might not be able to hear exactly what's going on. They do a good job of introducing everybody as they walk in. And uh, there might be a little bit of language in it somewhere. I'm going to leave it as is, so I'm just going to give a little pre-warning. We usually beep out, like, curses and stuff like that, but we're going to leave this panel audio as is. And, and a few of these participants are known to drop one every once in a while. So just in case, there could be mild spoilers. They're not going to give away anything big, so I don't think you have to worry about that. Thanks for checking it out, and uh, we hope you enjoy. There are crap 
loads of you here. This is going to be amazing. Um, thank you so much for coming to the Walking Dead panel. We have a lot of stuff to get through and a lot of great people to talk to and a lot of surprises. So uh, let's get it going. Uh, I would love to uh, welcome to the stage right now executive producer, creator of the Walking Dead comic, Mr. Robert Kirkman. Executive producer, oh wait, no, Robert, you're, this is your panel. You're, you're right next to me, cupcake. Uh, executive producer, David Albert. Yep, just right there the whole time, just awkward. Oh, you're really getting in there. You're really digging in there, right on the hip. Yep, that's our baby, you're rubbing. <laughs> He's gonna have a good life. Uh, special effects supervisor, co-executive producer, Mr. Greg Nicotero! Executive producer, Gail Ann Hurd. And showrunner and executive producer, Glenn Mazzara! Hey guys, welcome to Comic-Con. How, how you guys doing? Good. Uh, all right, Mr. Kirkman, let's start with you. Let's uh, tell us everything that happens in season three in detail. Well, we open on a scene of I can't tell you, Damn it. and then uh, it quickly transitions into another scene of you'll just have to wait and see. All right. I actually, I, I, had, the, I had the privilege of going to the set a few weeks ago, uh, managed to avoid most spoilers, but it really, truly was unbelievable. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you guys have built and, and what people can look forward to? Yeah, we, uh, we have a thing called a, a, a prison mm -hmm. that uh, is going to feature prominently. Yep. This, uh, it's uh, uh, constructed by a very talented uh, uh, production designer named Grace Walker, who uh, really transformed uh, a studio into uh, the prison that you're going to see, uh, you know, in the show, and it's it's pretty amazing. It really is stunning. Like it doesn't just even seeing it in person. It does, like a lot of times you see a set and you go, oh, it looks like a backlot, but it actually looks like. A prison, like what you guys built. It doesn't look like a back lot. No, it does not look like a back lot. And then David Albert, uh, tell us, you know, you're, 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 you're exec producer now, so you want to tell us what your experience has been like this season? You know, honestly, the, the comic book is something I've been working on with Robert uh, for the last 10 years, and seeing this thing come to life and seeing it on the screen has been one of the, one of the greatest honors of, of my entire life. Did, did it translate the way that you think it would from the page uh, onto the screen, or did it com completely exceed every expectation that you had in your head? You know, honestly, it's um, it's one of those things where it's, I had a vision in my head as to what it might look like, and everything that's come out has pretty much pretty much been better than that. So uh, the thing I've been loving, though, is honestly picking up at the, the... I feel like the pace really started to pick up at the end of Season 2. Yeah. I feel like we have our... We're sort of putting our foot on the accelerator now. It's going to go even faster going down. Yeah, I mean, there, listen, there were a couple complainers at the beginning of season two, like, well, there's any more zombie stuff. And then, uh, Dave Navarro, and then by the end of it, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, he and I are going to go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Uh, but uh, I've done it now. But then by the end of season two, to, to any even of the borderline naysayers, it was like, hey, why don't you suck it? There was a lot of zombie action, and the energy was so intense by the end of season two. And I remember at the uh, when we wrapped Talking Dead, you were on that last episode, you go, I'm not even thinking about season two anymore. We're way into season three, and it starts at the level that season two ended and does not stop. That's, that is very true. Obviously, you couldn't have a zombie show without uh, super realistic-looking zombies, and that is uh, courtesy of Mr. Greg Nicotero. So what... Tell us uh, just a little bit about, uh, you know, improvements, modifications, anything that you've seen that you wanted to, like, how, how are you constantly evolving uh, the zombies and the makeup this season? Well, every year, you know, we, we, uh, we watch the show and That's good. sort of refine and, and determine what we love about uh, certain zombies and walkers and what we like. You know, we always are changing the contact lenses, the dentures. You know, a lot of times we'll put bald caps on guys. And, you know, in the episode that I did last year where Dale gets killed, we had a walker that was shirtless so you could see all the ribs. And, you know, so we're doing a lot more of that kind of stuff this year. We really want to sell that they're decomposing and emaciated and hungry, and there's a lot of them. Yeah. So we're, uh, so, you know, we're, we're into episode six, and we've been, we've been pretty, pretty busy. Definitely... 
sort of takes us, you know, where we left off from 211, 212, and 213, where we start seeing more and more walkers and the farm gets overrun and, you know, we're definitely maintaining that. Uh, well, obviously you guys also seem to be pretty cognizant of the fact that, you know, as time moves on, these walking dead creatures are going to start decomposing. Yeah. And so it seems like you kind of have to up the detail as time goes on because of that flow. Well, that's the plan. And, you know, the beauty of the show is we have a lot of prosthetics and then there's some visual effects and we're going to do some animatronic puppets and some stuff like that this season that we didn't really get a chance to do in the last two seasons. So, you know, we're, we're keeping the audience guessing. Every time you think you know how we did something, we're going to sort of throw something else at you. So we'll, uh, it's going to be great. And you're directing as well? You're doing some I am. I just finished my first episode about a week and a half ago. What is that like? Yeah, congratulations. What, how, how is that? How, how do you go from you know to having your normal job, which is already a big job, to taking on directing an episode? Well, you know, for me, you would you would sort of assume that shooting the zombie stuff would be second nature, and, and it is. It's, it's important to me to make sure that the the character stuff is is grounded. And you know, fortunately for me, my episode was written by Angela Kang, who's an amazing writer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so I had a lot of great stuff to do, and there's iconic moments from the graphic novel that appear in my episode. There's like three different things, which of course I can't tell you about, but uh, you'll see. But it's exciting that I got a chance to sort of visualize those moments that were in the, in the graphic novel. So it's, uh, it, it was challenging, and it's really, you know, eight, eight of the hardest days of my career, but the most rewarding. I mean, getting a chance to direct this cast and watch them turn into those characters on camera, it's, it's amazing. Really is. Gail, what about you? What's uh, what, what's what's season three been like for you so far? Have you seen the show at all since since the beginning? Well, I I think it's kind of interesting when you think about it. Here we hire a uh, production designer whose last name is Walker. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're being taken over by the Walking Dead in the best possible way. Um, but this season it's been fantastic because we have not only a prison location, uh, we're introducing we're introducing Woodbury. And, um, and the characters that populate that, you know, the, the kick-ass Michonne and, uh, and the governor. I mean, one of the, one of the questions we got asked the most on, on Talking Dead in the beginning is, you know, when's Michonne coming, when's Michonne coming, when are we get to, going to get to see the governor, and now we actually we get to see that. I mean, the reveal, I, I watched the season finale the day that it aired, right before we shot our show, and I literally, in the, when the, with the Michonne reveal, I was like, holy shit, and like, jumped off my couch. I was alone, it was really sad. Uh, but then the reveal of the prison, too, at the end was so genius, I, I, I really, uh, tell us, you know, like, how true are you sticking to the comics with these characters, and what, what do you see in store for them in the next season? Well, Michonne uh, kicks ass with a katana sword. In, uh, in a way that I hope all of you watched The Talking Dead last weekend. If you did, you got to see a little of her katana-wielding action. Um, oh, yeah, I buried it into the side of the prison by mistake because I got, yeah, got really yeah, excited. We, yeah, yeah, we had to fix that. Sorry. Um, you may not be invited back next season. That's all right. Thank you, person. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, the intensity level is incredible. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got our cast uh, inoculated now. Um, you know, the, the, new, the new people uh, realize just what they're in for and, and the level that we expect. Uh, and they become just as passionate about The Walking Dead as the rest of us already are. And you had an announcement that you were going to make for folks that, uh, well, both of you together. Glenn Mazzara, uh, the executive producer, showrunner. Um, where, when I talk to you, like, because what, obviously when you come on a show, people might be like, oh, he's got to seem super animated because he, you know, he works on the show, he's got to, but talking to you backstage, you know, like, before we go on, you are genuinely excited about, about the stuff that you're doing, and you, and I feel like you always want to tell me more than you're allowed to tell me. I, I wish I could. I mean, I'm, I'm so excited about the show. I love the show. I love the people we work with. We have a great cast, great team of writers, producers. And I really think we're in the zone on this one. I, I feel like it, it's, it's exciting and we keep pushing each other and can we do this, can we do that? And even just the zombie gags, it's, you know, I'll call Greg and say, you know, has this ever been done in a zombie movie before? Have we ever seen this? And he'll say, no. Okay, great, we're going with it. And it's just, it's just a lot of fun to write. Toward zombie love scene? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
What? What? How? Because obviously anyone who's read the comics knows that there's some really terrible things that befall these people. Yeah. So how 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 true can you stick to the <laughs> the depths of the horribleness that happens to these people? Is there some stuff you're like, oh well, yeah, well, maybe we can't do that on television, or is it pretty much like you know we're gonna try this and hope hope that AMC lets well, it go through? It's a couple of things. I think one, it's it's about staying true to the spirit of the comic book. You know, it's about um, staying raw, visceral, uh, you know, bringing it every week. That's something we want to do. That's certainly true in the comic book, every, every issue. And, uh, and we have a lot of time to do it. We, we, we want to, you know, have these new characters and, and, and uh, develop them and make sure that they're fully realized and, and have people invested. And then when you see incredible stuff happen to, that, to them, uh, you know, it, it's scary and it hurts. And I think that's part of where we ended up at the end of last season. And that's what we're going to continue to do. So obviously you have an announcement. I'm sure people want to know when. So well, yeah, I would like to uh, make an announcement that we are back Sunday, October 14th at 9 p.m. That's just a few months. That's not that long. It feels like Comic-Con 2011 was like a week ago. So I think just waiting a few more months till October will be great. Uh, was there anything else that you yeah. wanted to add to that? Um, hopefully a lot of you are also from countries around the world. Uh, we've got fans in Fox International's 122 countries, 35 languages, and the new season will roll out uh, starting the very next day, October 15th, and will have premiered throughout the rest of the world the rest of that week. So get ready for a lot of dead. Dios mios, los zombies! You, uh, country, what country was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> One of them. Uh, but we also have, uh, right now, before we bring out the, uh, some very special people here that I know that you, uh, that you lined up to see, we have a very special clip, you guys. This is a first look exclusive to you in Hall H at Comic-Con of The Walking Dead. Panel, but this is this is what this should be. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know before, that guy didn't even need a microphone. Just Thank you. Um, so, oh yeah, get a picture of that, Steve. <laughs> Welcome, you guys. How how are you doing? I mean, it, it, I, I mean, I don't know if people really understand, but the, your, the schedule of your shooting is insane, and you still manage to make it to Comic Con. Andrew Lincoln, how are you feeling right now? Well, I think I'm having an out of body experience at the moment. This is insane. Yeah, it's about, about 6,500 people. Um, the, 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 sh the shooting schedule is crazy as always. It's hot. It's fierce. It's uh, it's brutal, and we love it that way, you know, um, it, it's so good, can I just say, it's so good to be back here again, and because this is, and to see all you guys, you know, and, and it's amazing, because th without you guys, this show would not exist, and that's the bottom line, and, um, and so it kind of always, people are saying, what's it like to be back at Comic-Con, I said, well, it just feels like you kind of come home here as well, and, um, and we're, and just so you know, everybody is busting their guts to bring you the best season we've, we've, we've ever brought to you this, this year. And, um, and a big salute to the crew as well, because they are phenomenal. And just as much an important member of this family. I mean, even just last year, there, there were a lot of people... I love you very much as well. It <laughs> was very heartfelt. It, 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 well, in a very real way, I love you as well. Not as much as my wife or children, but. <laughs> Duh. Thank you. Uh, man in 
Can they quote you on that in the trailers? Guy at Comic-Con says, best show on TV, period. Wait, can we get an exclamation point? Like nine exclamation points. Um, but, uh, I mean, this, you know, being in Hall H and just sort of graduating, like, this is the biggest hall at the biggest con in the world. And, and you see that the fans and Because most of the time, you guys are working in a bubble. You're, you know, you're in Georgia. You don't get to see this kind of interaction. So, you know, it's, it's Sarah, how, how is it for you to come and, and, and see this? It's wonderful. Um, we, uh, even though I know there are some of you who are mad at me. Um, and that's cool. We'll talk about it later. Or we won't. Whatever. You know, I mean, we go and we promote this um, all over the place. I think we've probably been to, you know, uh, more territories than we can possibly count. Um, but this is our only opportunity to interact with you guys. You know, we, everywhere else we go, we're talking to press and we're... Uh, dealing with journalists and that's fine, but here we get it from you guys and you're honest and you're raw and the feedback we get from you guys is incredible. Um, it's also really humbling. I don't know if I can see the end of this. It's amazing. It oh, doesn't end. It just sort of it just sort of blends into the horizon, like as far as you can see. It's intimidating. Hi to the, the stormtroopers in the back. <laughs> Like, I, especially these people, I just wonder, like, if that girl got infected and became a zombie, like, how quickly could Hall H just turn like that? Like, how quickly would it spread? I'm sure there's a sim that you could run that would tell you the answer to that. The apocalypse starts at Comic-Con. <laughs> uh, Norman Reedus, Daryl Dixon, people... I mean, wow. It, it, it looks like Christmas in here. No, these little... Camera phones. Yeah. Wow. Thank you guys so much. This we love each other in our job, and and you guys rock. You know what I mean? So thank you so much. Uh, you know, uh, Norman, the, the, the ladies seem to be all up in your business. Uh -huh. uh, everybody loves a redneck. You know what I mean? <laughs> how are you know how, how are you seeing how are you seeing Daryl this the, the season, and how have you? seen him evolve and is, is there anything that you could share even you know as your sort of philosophical approach to the character in season three without giving anything away well i mean he's he's a guy that's you know under the thumb of his big brother merle and you can imagine what that would be like um out of that under you know being away from merle he's sort of finding himself uh, needed and uh, appreciated and he's sort of making bonds with all these people and he'd fight to the death for you know this group of people, and it, I think it means a lot to him. You know, Sophia meant a lot, and you know, he's, he's sort of finding finding his way. He's kind of growing up. You know, I, I don't know. I, I I love playing him. I keep finding new things about him all the time. I I love him so much. That's what the ladies are thinking. Love you back. But which nation? Oh, Geek Nation loves you. This is the freaking Geek Nation. What are you talking about? That's everybody. Uh, uh, Lori Holden, you, you're sort of, you're, you're separated from the group now, so you have a whole separate thing that's going on. What is, what is emotionally, what's Lori going through at this point? I mean, what's Andrea going through? Lori, I, I did the same thing to Steve Young. I called him Glenn on the show. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I just watched your, I like your character. Um, lady, I don't want um, at the end of um, at the end of season two, I was saved by this wonderful woman, Michelle, uh, played by the lovely Denai. Um, and um, you know, it's a very different season for for Andrea because she's separated from the group. And um, you know, it's a wonderful journey actually because she's met this this alpha female, and they become very good friends, and they watch each other's back. And you know, it's wonderful storytelling as they're battling the elements in this uh, apocalyptic world. And did you guys, I, we kind of chatted briefly, I, I was able to, you, were, you ran over while you were shooting and gave us like a couple minutes on Talking Dead, but you, you and Deny bonded, you said, pretty quickly. Yeah, um, Deny. Um, she's, um, she's wonderful and we're goofy and we make up songs, or shall I say I make up songs and sing them to her um, in between takes. And, um, <coughs> You know, she's a wonderful addition to the cast, and we laugh and dance, and um, she's fantastic. And I think you are going to love her as Michelle. Uh, Stephen, 
Stephen Young, uh, what's up for Glenn this season? Is he gonna is he gonna is he gonna learn how to open his heart and accept the love he's always deserved? <laughs> like I totally. <laughs> It's so funny, you know, Glenn, Glenn just seems like a guy like, oh, this guy's never really had a girlfriend, and then this really hot girl is throwing himself at him, he's like, I don't know, man. Like, what? Uh, I mean, he's gotta, you know, he, he can't just, like, dive in, you gotta play, you gotta play it right, you know what I mean? You gotta, like, no, you gotta dive in. The cards, you gotta slow play the cards. Um, uh, with Glenn this season, um, it's gonna be, it, it's really a blessing and, and, and an honor to play this part, because... Uh, I get a very um, kind of, uh, I think, identifiable arc of uh, someone that starts off as a, as a boy and he grows up into a man. And second season was kind of, uh, first season was kind of uh, showing that, uh, that he had it in him. Second season was kind of realizing that for himself that he had that in him. And then third season is kind of just manning up and doing what he's supposed to be doing. And um, it's, it's a blast. Uh, What's, I was just going to say, what's funny is like, all these questions that we're getting um, are so difficult for all of us to answer, at least for me, because we can't say anything. So we just like, round about, talk about things that, uh, 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 yeah, we're like, yeah, we just say generic things and I apologize in advance, but... Uh, I don't, you don't have to apologize. You could be reading like, the ingredients to Bisquick and these people would be jazzed. Like, they waited in line a long time, they just want to see you up close. And possibly touch you a lot, but other than that, <laughs> flower. <laughs> what? Uh, what's? I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Glenn's really hesitant, but Stephen's all in all the time. Um, so, Lauren Cohan, what can you say? What do you think? What What, what is Maggie going through at, at, after last season? You know, like she, you know, she essentially declares her love uh, for Glenn. She uh, she's going through all this stuff. Got a lot of family stuff, like not having a farm anymore. Uh, so, what, what, where is she coming from, and where do you think she's headed? Uh, I think Maggie's pretty lucky right now because she still has more family with her left than anybody else does, and I think that the the priority for her is protecting her own. And um, I mean. We are now thrown into an absolutely insane world. Like, the farm was like a walk in the park compared to where we are now. And I think that um, that we've just kind of all become this one really tight family. And Maggie and Glenn certainly are super tight now. And um, but just as a team, I think it's really been about, I don't know, we kind of all read each other's minds and figure out what it's taken to, to make it still. Well, I think, you know, especially having come out of the farm and you guys are out in the woods and you're doing tick checks every day at the end of shooting, it's like, oh, you're going indoors to prison. This must be really cushy now. And then and Stephen was saying, no, it's, you know, there's... So you know what sucks? <laughs> air conditioning. <laughs> I actually so never thought we'd say this, but the air conditioning is like, we, we're complaining about being cold sometimes. <laughs> really? Okay, just rewind a minute. Yeah. Well, just, so there's, just for the prison, though, just so people know, like, what we thought, you know, like toiling in the heat, we thought going indoors and shooting indoors was going to be a cakewalk, but I think all of us have like the black lung now or something like that. <laughs> we all have the black lung. The black lung. lung! We have like bubonic plague, it's great. So it's good. Yeah. Uh, I want to welcome uh, Denai to the panel this year. I mean, this is. This must be amazing for you. Just give us a little glimpse of what your life has been like since we were able to announce that you had become this character that so many people were excited about seeing. What's your life like now? It's it's completely different, uh, needless to say. It's amazing. I mean, I've, I've been able to learn how to use a katana sword, which is just really thrilling and insanely fun. And I've been embraced by the most phenomenal group of TV makers ever. So, I mean, I, I'm really having a great time right now. Um, and just, like, working with these guys has been really phenomenal. Uh, it's really kind of life-imitating art, as Lori um, was talking about. Like, they just embraced me with so much love that... I, I had no choice but to really just open up and just feel warm and fuzzy all the time, regardless of the fact that I'm in an apocalyptic world. <laughs> because you know, everyone, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure your your job. I'm sure it's an exhausting day that everyone has. But I think, I mean, I think about you in particular. You're certainly one of the most physical characters because you're swinging a giant sword and you're kicking things in the face. So, like, what 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 is what do you what does the end of your day look like when you come back from work? 
you know what, it's really all good. I mean, interestingly, I learned um, early on uh, about the, the magic of um, going to this uh, natural food store and getting all these really good, like, kind of, like, natural, uh, uh, like, health supplement things, like cherry, cherries, I don't know if everyone knows this, really good for the joints and the muscles. It's just cherries, but you have to eat a whole bucket, so they actually make them into a little pill. So, you know, stuff like that, really been just helping me, like, feel really good at the end of the day. A couple times I'm like, are we done? Are we done? No, just a couple more, you know? So, I mean, I actually have really been enjoying it. And then there's times I'll just, you know, you crash and you crash hard, but it feels good at the end of the day, actually. Now, uh, also we're welcome David Morrissey here, who's new to the cast. I kind of nerded out on you a little before. I was like, I love when you were on Doctor Who. Uh, but Jay Morris, you're a phen phenomenal actor. What was it like to come into this sort of pre-existing... I mean, obviously, you're, you know, Woodbury's a little separate uh, for the time being, I would imagine. But w you know, what does it feel like coming into this show that already has such an iconic place in pop culture? Uh, well, I came into the show as a fan. I love the show. I've known Andy for a long time, so when it came on in the UK, I was really glued to it. And I just loved it, and when the opportunity came to work on it, I was very excited. I knew it had a great cast, and I knew it had great writing and great production values, but the thing that I can never prepare you for is walking on a set and finding that it also has a fantastic crew. And it's a great family down there. It works. The set works really, really well, and people want to be there. You know, People want to go to work and work on this show, and to join that team has just been such a privilege for me. So. It's a blast, I can't think, I mean, I'm sitting here now in front of you, though, it's like, I keep pinching myself, it's like, amazing, you know, and it's great to be a comic, I've always wanted to come to comic, this is the first time, so to come for the first time and be sitting on the stage and answering questions about a show like this and being part of it, it's just a dream come true for me, so it's great. It's a good way to lose your Comic-Con virginity, for sure. Um, uh, have you noticed any major differences between, like, you know, British productions, American productions? I mean, is it was was the is the schedule was it everything that you thought it would be, or were you just not mentally prepared for what this show would entail? The heat. Yeah. In the UK, we don't really get the heat like you get in Georgia. It's a very different type of heat, but uh, it's still great. You know, there's a we, there's, the show is what gets you through the day, really. But it's. Uh, no, the production values, you know, we do shows in the UK as well. I mean, as you say, I was in Doctor Who, and that's a very well-cared-for show. It's, it's very similar to this show in the fact that it's, it's made by people who really love it. They love their show, and they're very proud of it, and they should be, and quite rightly, same here, you know. So, no, that's, uh, the only thing that's different for me is the heat. Yeah, it's not, not like in the UK, where it's like, the fog rolled in, oh, the ripper struck again, or whatever happens there. Um, but, but, but I... But I know that, uh, you know, you're certainly a character that people have been so excited about, like both of you, Denai and David. And by the way, uh, everyone should, oh good, you're already lined up. I don't tell people here. Um, before we get to audience questions, I do have one more question for, for Andrew, which is, um, you know, where do you think, where do you think Rick is, is at right now? I mean, like, Rick is a guy that in season one, you know, good guy, lawful good, you might say, uh, and now his alignment has changed. So the lines of good and bad for him seem constantly blurred. So what is it that you think keeps Rick centered? Well, I think, uh, I certainly think this season you meet him at a place where he's, uh, sorry, I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to think this one through. Um, Wish your eyebrows. Yeah, I'm just gonna do that. <laughs> Should I do that a bit more? Yeah. Um, I think he is, um, I was reading a book, has anybody read or seen The Road by Cormac McCarthy? Yeah. Great, right? And I'd saved reading that until now, and I think uh, Rick is very much at, at that point. And it's interesting because the time scale in that book and this uh, season I think is very similar, and he's been pushing people away all the way through Cormac McCarthy's book. He's going, go away, go away, go away, to protect his son. And in so doing, he loses his humanity. And I think that he's, Rick has isolated himself from the group and in his marriage, and he, that's the way that he is protecting everybody. And I think that it's a really interesting place to start this season, because I think I'm currently going batshit crazy as well. Just the last few weeks, I've been going really bananas. Um, and, which is great, and, um, but I do think that the season is very much about him realizing that he does need other people to survive. 
So, um, I, do you think that answers your question? Yeah, perfectly, because we had talked about on Talking Dead, you guys are calling it the rictatorship now, where he was like, all right, shut up and sit down, now we're doing things my way, we'll leave. Uh, so I think that's a great place to start from, from season, season three. Let's take uh, some audience questions, because I'm sure there are many, and I want to make sure we get to a few. Oh, a lady just appeared. Um, what is your name and what is your question? My name is Claudia. I'm from Brazil. I'm here on behalf of the Walking Dead Brazil website and Rafael, my friend. Uh, you are a hit in Brazil. We have more than 20,000 followers on Twitter. The show is massive there. Anyways, my question is for Andrew. If you have a chance to, be, uh, to play any other role on the show, which one would that be? That's a, a very interesting question. Well, I, I sort of, I, I'm having a bromance at the moment with Norman Reedus. <laughs> make out, make out, make out. <laughs> but um, I, I, uh, Carl is a great character. I, and I think that it's, uh, I just want to say this about, he is such a gifted actor and the stuff that he is doing this season is going to blow your mind. He is so, so talented. Chandler Riggs, yeah. And, and Chandler Riggs, and we are so lucky to have this kid. He has got, he makes choices and that are way beyond his years and he's been doing some magnificent work. So I think his journey this season is something that I kind of, I'm watching very, very carefully and it's a thrill. So yeah, maybe Carl. I think there's an interesting parallel between the actor Chandler Riggs and the character of Carl and that it, you sort of really get the sense in both instances that, you know, kids are so resilient and they will adapt to whatever situation they're drawn into because that's just how we survive. Yeah. And it seems like he's doing that on, as an actor and as, as the role of Carl. I totally agree. And he's, ha he's having this extraordinary... Oh my God, that's weird. Thank you. That's rad. Whoa! Hey. Give my hat back. <laughs> Give me my hat. I miss my hat, by the way. <laughs> I borrowed it for like a minute, and then I just took a picture and I put it down. I'm sorry if I sweated in it. What is your name? Uh, Rick Grimes? I'm, I'm Carl, actually. Um, <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, my name is No, Carl. seriously. Yeah. Are you messing with us? No, I'm dead serious. All right, okay. You can look me up on Facebook. I probably won't do that. Uh, I'm Norman. Um, huge fan of the show. My question is for Mr. Lincoln and Miss Cohen. I'm wondering how you develop such uh, convincing American Southern accents, um, you know, since you're both Brits. Jessica Drake. Mm -hmm. She's, uh, Andy and I both work with the same, actually David now as well, we work with a really wonderful dialect coach and we have Skype sessions every Sunday, it's kind of like church. Um, <laughs> and I think it's, it's been about a few key exercises and then staying in it. Andy sets an amazing example. I mean, he, he's in his accent from the second he arrives until he leaves. And I think that that's something I've learned is a really good way to go. And um, I don't know, the one thing you have to be careful of, when I first started, there are a lot of Teamsters uh, involved and, and people in our crew that are from the South and their accents are extremely strong. So when you actually first start practicing it, there's a danger of getting a real drawl, which is a complete exaggeration and not true to it at all. <laughs> if you just go sit in a Cracker Barrel for four hours, <laughs> you'll pick it up real quick. <laughs> uh, how, about, how about you, Andrew? How, 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 did you, how did you adapt so well to the, to the accent? Yeah, I think we're lucky that we filmed down in the south and the character, we, you know, the, the dialect is of that area, and it's just the rhythms. If you if you live and work around people that are in the same sort of ballpark uh, dialect, it really really helps. And it, in fact, you know, I, I I'm like a sponge. I just sort of absorb sort of inflection, and um, and it's also I just love living and working in America. And it's been you know I, I start my coffee shop people. I just want to big them up because my character is built on caffeine and tension, and. Um, uh, that's Aurora Coffee Shop in Atlanta. Um, they wanted me to wear a t-shirt, but I didn't. Why am I talking about this? Um, oh yes, oh yeah. Um, they, um, they don't hear this silly voice that I put on for Comic-Con. They only hear the real dialect, so. Oh, that's cool. So you, just, you, you practice with it all day when you're... Yeah, I just kind of stay in dialect. Didn't they have to dial you back? 
They did. Yeah, they said that. The, I think it was Gail who actually came up to me and said, "Andy, darling, we're not. We're going to have. To, we don't want to have to subtitle you." Because <laughs> I think me and John in that opening car sequence, you know, when we're talking in the car, we we went a little rural. So. A little bit rural. What 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 did that sound like? Well, watch the first episode, and you'll see. <laughs> uh, what is your What is your name, sir? What's your question? My name's, my name's Ryan, and I wanted to ask the producers and the writers, there's a lot that you guys get away with on TV, but how did you get away with Andrea grabbing Shane? That was like full frontal, she just went for it, and it was intense. I was like, what's going on? First of all, it's, it sounds like you were super way into it. How did you get that sweet Andrea on Shane Axman? She just got in there and worked it. Did you see what we did that got cut? <laughs> <laughs> that was that guy's only question. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi. What's your name? My name's Vanessa. Hello, Vanessa. Hi, and I'm a lady who loves sweaty rednecks. Call <laughs> me. <laughs> you know, wait, you know Norman's not really a sweaty redneck, though. You know oh, that, right? He's oh, a guy. no, 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 I know, okay, I know. Okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. You're just saying no matter what, doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, I'll take him. Okay, good, sure, <laughs> done. I, I used to host a dating show, I know how this shit works. Oh, right. <laughs> works for me. <laughs> My question is for Robert. Are we ever gonna know uh, the history of Daryl Dixon? I really appreciate that, so... Please. Oh, oh, I love you, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I will say, uh, so here, here's the thing, the, the show doesn't necessarily like to look back, we don't like to go too far into flashback mode, but I will say there is a, a new game coming from Activision that features Daryl Dixon as a main character, and it's all about him and Merle in the early days of the apocalypse uh, killing zombies. You will get to get inside the head of the guy you love <laughs> and control him. <laughs> Thank you very much. Next question. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Um, my name is Jessica, and... Um, I love Steven. Hi. He's blushing, he just turned red. He turned red. Wait a minute. How old are you? Um, I'm 12. Very respectable to meet you, young lady. Uh, what is your question? My question is, um, if you're stuck in a real-life apocalypse, um, how do you think your chances of our surviving? Me personally, or all of us? Um, I don't really care. <laughs> She's awesome. Kids are uh, This is the greatest uh, question ever. Uh, Can we get her on our show? Um, <laughs> you know, the chance of me surviving, um, I'm... Uh, I can be resourceful, but also I'm sometimes um, uh, a little lazy, so... Uh, you know, it depends how it all works out. I think I answered this before, but... Um, it, if, if the situation calls that there are a lot of attractive women around and just me, I'll stay, but... Uh, in six years! In, yeah, in a while. In a, in a little while. Uh, uh, I was going to say scouting, but that's a terrible thing. Yeah, no. That's a terrible thing. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, um, and if not, if there's just a bunch of bros, uh, we'll just, just, you know, well, maybe I'll just lay down and let one bite me, so. I love that that is your plan, you're like, eh, what a sausage party here, just eat my face. 
I'm going to stick around for this. <laughs> what a weirdo apocalypse plan. Well, yeah, you know, stick around. We're like, not there's if there's no dudes. There's apocalypse. There's only dudes. It's perfect. <laughs> Thank you, porn star girl. Thank you. Uh, what is your name, sir? My, my name is Richard, and I have a question from Robert. Uh, Daryl being such a popular character, would, would you ever consider him being a character in the comic book? Never. <laughs> no. No, I mean, uh, uh, it's, it, you know, there's, I, I have the story in the comic book plotted out for, for quite a long time, and, you know, working something new in that is, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, I'm just going to say thank you for asking a question. <laughs> You can't say. I mean, you know, without without going into too much detail, but things you know, we've talked before about things that happened in the comic book. And I go, wow, did you, you know, how how when did you think of that? And you're like, oh, that was two years ago. Like we yeah. you really mapped out the arc of the comics, you know, way in advance. Yeah, and I mean, I have you know a chance to like you know change course and do different things every now and then. But for the most part, I you know I'm working way ahead. Yeah. All right. Hi. What's your name? And what's your question? Hi, my name's Madeline, and. I'm also in love with Steven. Whoa. Well, we know your demographic now, Steve. And we know that you should not be allowed at Legoland or any place. I'm gonna just throw you into the twilight pan. Yeah, thank you very much. Man, I'm so red right now. What is your question, young lady? I was wondering who is most like the character in the show and who is the least like the character in the show. Okay, yeah, really quickly if we go down, that's a good question. Let's start with Andrew. Um, well, I look a lot like my character. <laughs> Just like a sound not so good and um, I don't know I, I mean I, I wish I, could. I mean this is the joy of being an actor you get to play people that you would never really be um, and I wish I love Rick uh, and for all of his faults and all of his strengths and uh, I don't think I'm anything really like him you should probably ask you know my wife TV <laughs> wife but yeah I mean in, in the sense of uh, me being not your wife, I think, I would hope I'm pretty different from Lori in some significant ways. Um, I imagine my husband and my real life daughter would prefer that I not be like her in some significant ways and so best friend. Uh, I think... Kill your best friend, kill your best friend. Why'd you kill your best friend? But you said what they were. Well, I don't think people hold you accountable for Lori's actions. I mean, but you know, I think, but I think it is a tribute to the the level of acting on the show where people really assign that stuff to you guys as actors. You're like, how could you do that? You're like, I'm oh. playing a part. Oh yeah, I mean, the, the number of people who've come up to me and been like, I can't believe you slept with your husband's best friend, and I've like got my daughter and I'm in the grocery store and I'm like, uh, I, uh, I'm Sarah. I play a homewrecker on TV. Oh, can you introduce oh, no. Stephen Young to my 12-year-old daughter? Oh, come on. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what, about your, what about your character, Robert? Do you, how, how much do you feel like you have in common with Daryl? Well, my son came to Georgia two weeks ago and I took him fishing and we didn't get a nibble for five hours and somebody asked me well, what would you use for bait and I said old bacon that was in the fridge thinking that everybody loves bacon so I, yep people and fish alike yeah everyone you know, loves bacon I'm nothing like Daryl <laughs> what about you Laura um, well Andrea's changed a lot on her journey um, I think now, today, I think I'm probably closest to Andrea, um, personally. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> it's close. Mind you, that could change at any moment because she's very mercurial. Yeah. 
Well, they kind of have to be. I mean, just with the world they live in, they kind of have to be that sort of emotionally nimble, I guess. Yeah. Um, Steve, what about what about you? We've got. I mean, You've you talked about that before. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, early on it was it was a reflection of, uh, Glenn was a reflection of kind of how I was uh, younger, you know, kind of chip on the shoulder, wanting to prove himself, and um, uh, thank you, I love you too. How old are you? Well, yeah, how old are you? <laughs> yeah. You see your ID. <laughs> Get used to that phrase. <laughs> I wasn't as popular with the younger ladies back then, so uh, I don't think in that regard I'm so similar. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> what about you, Lauren? What about you and Maggie? Do you see similarities? Yeah, I think Maggie's kind of a romantic. That's what I have in common with her. And, um, you know, my weapon skills are pretty amazing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I like... Um, Boys that usually attract 12-year-olds? <laughs> 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 not, not true, that's a joke. What about, I, I think this would be interesting for Denai and David, who, who just basically, you know, you've just come in, well, now you've spent a lot of time with these characters over the last several months, but, but how, do you feel anything of you uh, in Michonne, Denai? Yeah, I mean, well, sometimes I wish I was more like her. Um, she's, uh, you know, so insanely sharp, and her instincts are just spot on in a way that is amazing. I think there. Uh, I, I think about it a lot sometimes, and I'm like, if I were in this realm, who would I become? And I think that's also the beauty of this show. Is, you know, who would you become if you were in a realm this dire? And I think I would. I, I hope I could be become as, as get as much dexterity as her, um, and get as smart and sharp as her. But I think definitely there's an aspect of me that uh, I, I have a bit of a lioness in me, and she's all lioness. So it's really about accessing that, that lioness part of me and uh, allowing that to really show. I mean, obviously, if you're an actor and you're accessing emotions, there's some parts of you that you have to bring to the character because that's just, that's just how it works. And for David, how, what about for you and the governor? Yeah, I think if I was given half the chance, I probably would be like the governor. Tonight's um, <laughs> right. I think we don't know who we are until we're challenged, and this is a very challenging world. You know, we like to think of the best aspects of ourselves, but we don't know ourselves until we're really put into the, into the fight, and these people are fighting, you know. So, what you want for yourself and you hope for yourself, and, uh, doesn't necessarily mean to say that that is the case when you get into the, uh, into the pit, so... It really was. Like, I could just listen to you talk about things and be like, whatever you say, I'm, I'm in. I don't care what it is. Uh, what... <laughs> What, uh, I think we have a very special uh, announcement from Greg Nicotero. Well, I, I actually uh, went through the crowd earlier, and what we wanted to do is, I don't know, you know, when you watch the show, what we give away every once in a while is an opportunity for someone to have their head cast, and uh, my team turns them into a walker, so you get a bust made of you, and it's, you come to my studio, we cast your head. So I was zipping through these 6,000 so people earlier and, uh, and saw a woman that, that I, I think uh, would be fantastic and her name is Lorena Gonzalez, wherever Where's Lorena Gonzalez? Is. Don't be a son Lorena Gonzalez. So, uh, so she's right there. Uh, but so she's gonna come, we're, she uh, is gonna come to the shop and we're gonna make a zombie bust of her. That's awesome, congratulations Lorena Gonzalez. I've just been told we have time for one more question, so uh, let's go to that one more question. Wow, that's serious. Okay, I have a quick shout out to Norman. You're so kind to your fans on Twitter, and it's so appreciated. Oh, thanks, man. And my question is, why do you write the women on the show so scary? They creep up to the men saying, you should kill Shane, he thinks I'm his, or it's a dictatorship takeover. Why don't they ever do it themselves? Wait till see this season. Oh. <laughs> Was that for Robert or for, for Norman? Um, Glenn. For the writers with the women. Oh, because okay, you were talking about Norman. You're like, Norman, how come you write the show? We're like, what? That's not how that works. Uh, that's a great idea. Maybe they will. See? I, the I, system works! <laughs> and you know, for, for what it's worth, I think, it, since you bring up a specific uh, scene, um, <laughs> I think Lori did everything she could to handle Shane. 
and she did everything she could um, to manage that situation. And she only brought it to Rick. She didn't tell him to kill him. She told him to watch his back. And she was right, because Shane tried to kill him. And the right man ended up winning that fight, because she warned her husband. Oh, shit. That's my wife right there, ladies and gentlemen. That's a good answer. I think that is, a, that is a great way to end the discussion portion of this panel, but I feel like if you guys are up for it, uh, we should just probably watch the trailer one more time before we end this. So we're going to watch the trailer one more time, uh, and then we'll say goodbye. Coming up, please, huge hand, Robert Kirkman, Dave Abbott, Craig Nicotero, Gail Ann Hurts, Len Mazzara, Sarah Wayne, Khalid, Norman Regis, Lori Holman, Stephen Young, Lauren Cohen, Dan Aguilera, and David Morrissey. Thank you so much for coming out to Hall H, guys. See you soon. Enjoy your conference.